Welcome to Digital Transformers, the show that connects you with what you need to build, manage, and operate your digital supply chain. Join your host in a timely discussion on new and future business models with industry-leading executives. The show will reveal global customer expectations, real-world deployment challenges, and the value of advanced business technologies like artificial intelligence, blockchain, and robotic process engineering. And now, we bring you Digital Transformers. Hello, this is Kevin L. Jackson, and welcome to Digital Transformers on Supply Chain Now. Supply chains are emerging from two years of pandemic buffeting only to face a whole new wave of challenges, war, inflation, energy, and resource shortages. The urgency to transform and build more resilient and sustainable supply chains has never been higher. But budgets are tight. The outlook is uncertain and running day-to-day business is full of surprises. In this episode, I am joined by Rob Cushman, IBM Worldwide Leader Supply Chain Transformation, and Debbie Powell, Digital Transformation Leader, IBM Systems Supply Chain, to discuss how smart leaders are turning to a new trifecta of hybrid cloud, data, and artificial intelligence to navigate their way out of the chaos. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for having us on. Oh, it is my pleasure. Thank you both. So starting with Debbie, then Rob, please introduce yourself and the roles you play within IBM. Yes, I'll do that. So Kevin, I'm the digital transformation lead in IBM Systems Supply Chain. And IBM Systems is our internal organization for the manufacturing and delivery of IBM hardware. So we have our own supply chain and Mm -hmm. I'm I'm an initiative lead for a lot of our AI and cloud projects, including um, end-to-end supply visibility, continuous intelligent planning, and it really has evolved over the past few years and especially because we're an emerging technology company. So it's exciting because we're on the leading edge all the time. Wow, it sounds like a, a big job. And, and, and Rob? Fun job. <laughs> Very exciting job. Um, it, uh, Kevin, my role is, uh, you know, I lead everything in our IBM consulting business uh, related to supply chains. All the work that we do around strategy and consulting and application technology and data and analytics and even business process outsourcing is all my remit. And I think what's a little bit different about IBM, um, part of the reason that, that I joined the team was that mm-hmm. we actually have our own supply chain. So unlike most of our competitors, we, we still have a big, complicated global supply chain with really sophisticated products and technologies. And, and we treat that, I treat Debbie as uh, my client zero, we call it, right? So, wow. so we use that as a vehicle, right, to to drive innovation into our own business and ultimately right, better performance for our customers. And in doing that, um, that becomes our test bed, right? To, to try out, you know, kind of all of our, you know, ideas and innovations on ourselves before we take them to clients so that we, we bake in all those, you know, learnings and experience into kind of how we show up to serve our clients in a, in a different way. Yeah, I think yeah. that's known as uh, drinking your own champagne, right? Champagne, that's right. And we do have a very strong relationship and, and Rob and Rob's team 
get, they give us concepts and ideas. We've got um, continuous intelligent planning. We knew we wanted to do something um, really integrating planning and fulfillment. And they were working on what we call CIP and we adopted it. Our executives were, were totally bought in. And that's mm-hmm. one of our, our high priority initiatives. The other thing is we're showcased. So we've got in our end end visibility. What we've created the last few years is a very strong cognitive advisor, or some people call it control tower. So I get the opportunity to share that with Rob's clients to show them the art of the possible. So it's a very strong partnership, and we're we're thought leaders together. Wow, that's that's really good. I think visibility is one of the most important aspects of of any business process, especially supply chain, which is connected with with so many other things in an organization. So Rob, how did you find yourself leading such an impressive global team? Have you always been focused on supply chain? You know, I have. I've spent uh, my whole career working at the intersection of supply chain and and technology-oriented industries. I sort of fell into that, right, early Mm -hmm. on, mostly because, you know, what I love about supply chain is it's a very kind of hands-on, learn-by-doing, right, kind of profession. And so that, that worked really well for me, right, and the opportunity to you know, to do things like, you know, work everywhere from, you know, the executive suite all the way down to the shop floor, right, in the factory mm-hmm. or distribution center, right, has always been something I've really enjoyed. And so I've done that both as a consultant, and then I had a actually a stretch in my career where it sort of bothered me that my clients would say things like, you know, Rob, you got great ideas and seem fairly smart, but you've never really run the business and own the P&L. And so I, I actually left consulting for a few years to, uh, you know, run a pre-IPO company and, mm-hmm. and take it to a liquidity event and then came back to consulting. And here at IBM, I, I probably always in my career wanted to work for IBM because it really is the sort of an iconic brand and frankly, as a technology-oriented supply chain professional, right? IBM, you know, has this, you know, richness of all of its history, kind of in the semiconductor industry, in the PC industry, and in the servers, and all kinds of, I think, technology innovation, right? And and so my mission, kind of here, is to is to kind of bring all of that DNA, right, to show up and serve our clients in a in in a consulting capacity in a new and different way, and that's that's where you hear Debbie described like. Not only are we working together to drive, you know, new innovations into our own supply chain business, but then we also show up kind of in the cycle of helping our clients, you know, envision and solution and and deliver their future. We actually, you know, cross-pollinate our teams in all of those capacities. You know, everyone knows IBM as a technology company, but it's really over the years has been a business innovation organization. They've revamped themselves so many different ways. Uh, I think it's sort of reflected in your broad background. So yeah, well, I think, I think you know, one of the things that's, you know, fascinating to me, right, like IBM is mm-hmm. a company that invented the barcode, right, kind of put people on the moon, I think like five, you know, Nobel Prize winners, right? So there's, there's a, you know, something really special here, right, that, you know, we're, we're probably trying to get back to a bit, right, as we invent, reinvent ourselves as a, as a consulting and hybrid cloud and, and AI company, right, but bring to bear all that kind of richness of history and how we, how we serve our clients. Right. And, and Debbie, what, what were the highlights of your journey to IBM? I had worked for a metalworking um, manufacturer prior to joining IBM. 
and I was given the opportunity to join IBM. So I've been in supply chain the whole time, but I've had different roles. So some operations, some um, IT, some transformation, but I really like the transformation. I really like it here at IBM because we're a technology company, we're expected to be on the leading edge. So uh-huh. we've had a lot of the, um, a lot more opportunities and the uh, a lot more advantages because we're a technology company. The technology is there, whether it's mm-hmm. cloud, big data, speed, it, it, it's there. It's really the operation side, the process reengineering, the, the change management. And that's what um, is exciting to me as well, marrying those two. And that's what, of course, Rob does in IBM Consulting is he does a lot of that, all of that for his clients. Yeah, that's a, that's a very interesting path. You know, I personally also followed an unexpected route to, to IBM. I was with IBM for about six years. I was outsourced from uh, Chase, Man- <laughs> Chase Manhattan Bank. I was a techno- had a technology project, uh, global project VP position. And uh, Chase just outsourced all of their technology to IBM. It was, however, a, a great professional outcome for me personally, and it really set my path to cloud computing. I mean, my audience knows that uh, I've been doing cloud computing for such a, a long time. And, and speaking of cloud, Debbie, I understand that IBM sees cloud as a very important tool for supply chain transformation. Can, can you explain that, that viewpoint? Yes, and, and I'll um, specifically talk about what we've done in supply chain. So we have moved all of our legacy systems and also our, our advisors, our system of engagements to the cloud, to a hybrid cloud. So with the hybrid cloud, of course, you get the, the security of the, of the private cloud and a lot of economies as far as the, the administration and of the infrastructure, et cetera. But you also get the speed and performance and it's easy to connect. It's easy to connect with microservices and even to our legacy systems. So supply chain's gotten very popular over the last couple of years. Rob and I saw, have always been in supply chain. And for us, we've always been popular. But now the world understands what we do in supply chain. And we've got to go faster and faster with, with all these disruptions. We've always had disruptions. Now we have yeah. So we got to go faster and faster. And that's what the cloud has, has provided for us. Uh, wow. Yeah. A lot of people don't understand that cloud underlies a lot of the innovation that, that's happening today. And, and Rob, in our pre-show discussions, you mentioned the supply chain trifecta or trilogy with data, cloud, and artificial intelligence. Uh, what was the genesis of, of that idea? Like to me, cloud is probably one of the most misunderstood, right? Maybe, you know, current, time anyway, right? Mm. Most misunderstood, you know, concepts for supply chain leaders. And I think it's very tempting to sort of think of it as like, oh, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm modernizing my application stack. I'm moving legacy applications to the cloud, right? I'm variabilizing my, you know, my IT costs. But I, I think if we reflect on what's happened in the last two years in particular, right, what we're seeing is this incredible power that can be unleashed, right, when we connect any one supply chain, right, with the broader ecosystem of trading partners. And I think we've always sort of known as supply chain professionals, right, like we well, we've been busy busting silos, right, within mm-hmm. 
you know, enterprise, our own enterprises for, for many years. And I think the cloud, you know, plays a, you know, an important role in starting to connect, you know, multiple legacy systems, right? That's certainly, you know, part of the journey that, that we've done, right? Kind of in our own supply chain transformation, connecting 17 different legacy systems, for example, into our cognitive advisor solution so that we can just go to one place, right? Single pane of glass and see all that information. But we now know, right, based on the pandemic, that it's almost like the even more valuable information that we need that we don't have is what comes from outside the four walls of our company, right? And the ability to see in near real time, like what is the inbound supply picture, right? And, you know, what shipments are kind of held up and what locations or need to be expedited at the next node, right? Or downstream into our customers, right? We, we, we have an incredibly high service level on our deliveries to our customers. And, mm-hmm. and, and part of the way that we do that is we have incredible visibility into what's happening in our downstream supply chain all the way to deliver to B2B customers. And so this kind of idea of the trifecta is that, is that if you look at what the really forward-thinking supply chain leaders are doing, it's, it's they're, they're realizing that you know, kind of the data is the kind of currency, right? The most important, most valuable currency and kind of all of supply chain, right? Especially that data outside, right? My own supply chain and, and, and kind of now taking that data, putting it in the cloud in one place where we can see it all together, right? In a synchronized way. And then on top of that build visualizations, right? And whatever tool of choice that you like, a lot of most companies, you know, Power BI or Tableau, right? And then starting to apply predictive analytics to it so that I'm mining that data to identify the exceptions, right? That humans need to intervene and take action on. And we we even have started to kind of talk about AI and in our business as augmented intelligence, right? So we're mm-hmm. we're trying to help humans, right, not be as burdened by the kind of dull and the dumb transactional work, right, and we're trying to elevate them, right, and Debbie can share some great examples today, right, about about how we, you know, in our own business, when when we flag an exception, right, our, our advisor solution actually gives humans, right, multiple, you know, kind of options of next best actions, right, to choose from, and that, I think, is a really powerful new value proposition, right, for our clients and frankly, allows them to deliver outcomes and a better experience to their customers in ways that, frankly, we've just never really been able to do in supply chain. So that's the genesis of that trifecta, right? Data, oh, analytics, AI, right, um, mm-hmm. together. No, no, that's, that's, that's really good. And I want to hear more about those examples from Debbie. But before yeah. we go there, Rob, there was a recent IBM chief supply chain officer study, and it stated, and I'm quote, over the next two to three years, CSCOs say that issues related to supply chain disruptions, technology infrastructure, sustainability, and market shifts are their greatest challenges. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought we just went through all of this. That was the fire. Aren't we annealed? Aren't we ready? Uh, didn't COVID fix all of that? Wasn't that enough? Yeah, well, you know, I, I agree. It's like the more we get to the other side of, of the pandemic, <laughs> you know, the more it feels like, uh, you know, it's the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel is an oncoming train. I mean, look, I, I, I think, you know, probably, 
you know, since the financial crisis, right, mm-hmm. in 2008-09, right, we, we started to kind of get the sense that, you know, in our increasingly connected and complex global world, right, that, that maybe we were in this era of just uh, continuing disruptions, right, and some might say accelerating disruptions, and, and I think clearly what we see, uh, the study that we do with our chief supply chain officers every year is in part grounded on a working group that we have with you know senior supply chain leaders and and you know in the last one that we did a couple of weeks ago right we were already hearing from you know our customers in Europe that their supply chains are being you know impacted factories are being shut down due to you know kind of energy shortages right there there you know radical changes in you know product mix that customers are demanding they're shifting right to value brands and buying in smaller pack sizes and quantities right so so we're i think clearly like you know in an era of nonstop disruption and i think part of what we talk about with our clients is you got to match that with a mentality of nonstop transformation right and and that's part of the way that we that Debbie and I work together is you know we 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 have some heavier lift transformation work that we'll do and then and then there's a you know kind of quarterly you know kind of agile you know release cycle that we that we continue over time to kind of plan prioritize the backload lock and load and and execute those those transformation cycles and i think that that's the that's the world, right? That we're that we're all in now, right? You know, the big findings from the supply chain study that I that I think are that are particularly, you know, I think relevant to the you know folks listening today are big theme around continuing disruption, right, and the need to mitigate that, right, with better visibility, right, which means data that is as close to real time as possible and to flag exceptions and to react to them right very quickly right that kind of back to our trifecta right that's mm-hmm. that's what's really critical right um second just continuing and really accelerating labor shortages right in a lot of supply chain operations and and there's this feeling in our last working group meeting it's like like 20% of the workforce is like vanished right and and so where we might have been worried, you know, uh, three or four years ago about if we if we pursue these automation agendas, right? What are we going to do with that surplus headcount that we're right, creating? Right. Well, now we're like, we we need that, right, to keep the lights on. And I think, lastly, on the sustainability front, you know, that's just like the through line through everything. And I think a lot of a lot of companies, it's still early days in terms of you know, kind of how do we operationalize? I mean, obviously, great stuff going on in reporting and packaging right and i think things that are that are getting the ball rolling but but clearly right we're going to have to be building sustainability use cases into every domain of supply chain right not just res- responsible sourcing and procurement but frankly use cases in planning that are that are optimizing around carbon right probably even you know uh, things that challenge some of the orthodoxies of supply chain in the past right like we tended to think you know smaller shipments, right? Um, more frequent, right? We're better. I think we're going to see, right? We're going to see a slowing down, right? Like let's put more things on boats and out of the bellies of airplanes. And uh, so I think a lot of really exciting things are happening, but but that's that's going to challenge a lot of the things that if you grew up like me working in supply chain and, you know, all the things that I was taught, right? The principles, you know, time and cost and step and touches, right? You know, these things are all bad and lot sizes should be as small as possible. Like, 
well, maybe we're going to see some rethinking there. I'm wondering, did you just coin a new term there? I heard transformation cycle. <laughs> I hadn't heard that before. And, and, and Debbie, you work directly with supply chain executives every day. Have you seen this transformation cycle? How has this trifecta really materialized with them? And, and Rob mentioned you had maybe some good examples or case studies to share. Well, yes, yes, I do. And as a matter of fact, when, um, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, we really saw where our digital transformation came into play. And for the first year, we really, we were on top of all of our disruptions. And with that, we decided, well, we're going to double down on our digital transformation. Now, as far as transformation cycles and prioritizing, of course, we're, we're an agile shop and a design thinking shop. So we really look at not only use cases, but personas. Mm-hmm. And try to get, and our users are very, very involved in it. And our whole management system kind of dictates that. So we've got our iterations as far as when when we deploy different functions and even from a process perspective. So that's real, that's very important. Now, Rob mentioned near real time. Now, because supply chain data is data in motion, that's what makes it especially challenging and especially exciting. And that's where our advisor came into play that I talked about earlier, that I mentioned in my intro. And what we had done is we had built a very strong data platform. Rob mentioned 17 different data sources. Those were just our internal sources, right? In addition, we're bringing data from outside our four walls, bringing it in and marrying that with our transactional data so that that we do get that full visibility. I've got several examples of of how this has helped us. One I'll mention is the, you know, we've got on our advisor, we have a natural language interface. Mm. And that's become really important because more, we saw the value quicker than we expected because one, anybody can ask the question. Now it's built on top of this very strong data platform that's near mm. real time, but anybody can ask the question. So it really changed the way we work. We don't have executives or even upline managers going, sending emails or calling and, get, and asking for information. They can go into the advisor and ask the question. And it comes back with all of the evidence because AI is about providing evidence as well. We've seen where it promotes more cross-functional use cases where that's really where, where the value is when it's cross-functional. And also we, we've learned that, um, I think Rob mentioned this as well, our early professional high don't really want to work like we did. Um, <laughs> a lot of spreadsheets and spending all day on crunching through numbers to later then make the decision. No, we want to do that for them. And our technology mm-hmm. allows us to do that where they're focused on making those decisions. We've also another example. Oh, Rob mentioned that their recommendation. We've got a, um, we taught Watson where are the different business process for a supply shortage and how we mitigate shortages. And of course, we, we look at different things. Do, do we have different locations that have that supply? Are there alternative parts that we can use? You know, on and on, we've got a, a lot of different things. And, and before we had our advisor, it would sometimes take four to six hours for a commodity manager to, to mitigate one part shortage. With our advisor now, they can do it in a matter of seconds. So that's where the technology is. But of course, we have to, to um, re-engineer our processes by using automation, intelligent workflow, and then give them the time to do the important stuff, make the decisions, not the non-value added stuff that, that our systems can do for them. 
The other thing is, I'm sorry, I could probably go on for no, hours. No, no. So I'm just going to do just tell you one more thing. <laughs> is, well, you know, when people are transitioning into new jobs, we found that it's so much yeah. easier to do because you don't have to understand the nuances of every single different IT system. Like all companies, we've got a separate ERP system, a separate scheduling system, logistics. So they're, they're best in class systems that the data has to come together. The data has to be transformed. And that's what we do in digital transformation. And that's what we bring to our users so that they can get this information fast and make the right decisions. And I think wow. maybe just to add to that, right? Mm-hmm. I think the phenomenon that, that Debbie's describing, right, that I think is a groundswell, you know, more broadly everywhere in supply chain is this is this growing sort of almost bifurcation, right, from a from a technology landscape between there's always going to be the systems of record and transaction, right, that that kind of run the business at a detailed level, but but now these, you know, Debbie called them systems of engagement, right? Some call them systems of intelligence, right? Or orchestration. But now there's right. these, this new stuff, right? Being built in the cloud, right? Kind of pulling up the data from those legacy applications and a lot of other places to drive, right? A whole different experience, right? For employees, right? But also, you know, a better experience for customers, right? I mean, Debbie, Debbie's being a little bit modest, right? I mean, one of the things, right, that we're incredibly proud of is that throughout the first year of the pandemic, right, we still mm-hmm. delivered a like percent SLA on our shipments to customers, right? Because we made those investments in digital transformation and because we were able to use those tools, right, to to basically, you know, be ahead of problems as opposed to what happened to a lot of clients, right, where they got into these war rooms and they're dealing with, you know, some data that's eight hours old and some data that's 24 hours. Like we had that kind of all in one place, right? And we could we could run the business, you know, very dynamically. And that really helped us to deliver, right, kind of better experience, better outcomes for our customers, right? And frankly, you know, like, like uh, you know, better financial outcomes for us too, right? Um, wow. Absolutely. Some, first. <laughs> oh, those are some great examples. And something I mentioned or, or noticed, data, 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 data. I mean, wow. <laughs> Everything, every other word is, is data. So, 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 Rob, with those examples that Debbie provided as guideposts, how can companies really drive this apparently data-led innovation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's that's exactly the right takeaway. You know, so it is all about the data, right? And I think mm-hmm. um, for for supply chain leaders, right? I think it's important to you know separate the wheat from the chaff a little bit, right? Like I, I, you know, the data is you know the most valuable kind of currency, right? In in the supply chain you know, kind of ecosystem, right? Right. But it's also the hardest, right? It's the long pole in the tent. Most of the time, right, when we build these intelligent supply chain solutions, there's a lot of, you know, skin, knees and elbows around kind of getting that data, how clean is the data? We start to run predictive algorithms and we discover, right, that there's, there's, even though we thought the data was pretty clean, it really wasn't, right? So Mm. there's, so the data is the long pole in the tent. That's an important takeaway for senior leaders. I also think, right, like if I had a dollar, right, you know, for every time I've gone to a client and they say something like, oh, well, you know, data, we're good on data. We've got a lot of data (laughs) warehouses and, uh, you know, 
like we could have a really nice dinner tonight here in New York. And so, um, you know, so like, like what, what leaders really need to understand is those data warehouses are full of, you know, data and all kinds of different granularity, all kinds of different aging. Some of it is really only refreshed, like on a monthly basis. Most of it is not very useful, right, to drive the kind of, you know, business outcomes that, that, that Debbie's been describing and some of those examples, right? So, so data is, you know, is, is in, you know, incredibly powerful, but also, right, it's the Achilles heel of just about every kind of transformation initiative. The other thing is, right, that, uh, and again, back to the cloud, right, mm -hmm. the only place to keep that data, right, is in the cloud, right? And it used to be, right, we, we used to be sort of nervous about the cloud, like, oh my gosh, can we put data in the cloud, right? Will it be safe? Will it be secure? Well, now we know that the cloud is arguably the most secure, right? The most scalable, the most flexible, right. the easiest place for us to do that kind of agile development that Debbie was describing, right? Of kind of mm -hmm. managing a backlog of features, right? That we're going to continue to innovate as our business changes day to day, right? So yes, data and yes, the cloud, right? And then, and then that <laughs> becomes this like, like flywheel of opportunities, right? To 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 create uh, better outcomes, right? And 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 results. Wow, wow. So 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 Debbie, as customer zero, you're experienced all of this. And uh, so, do you have any advice or predictions for supply chain transformation next year in 2023? What we're working on right now is our intelligent workflows. Okay. And that's where you embed AI and automation. And we focused on our advisor visibility. And, and that's a, especially the data visibility, that's a really good place to start. But we want to up our game on that. And we want to do auto, more automation. So our users are doing less and less of the non-value add. So that's where I see the future is. And that's where we're really investing in right now. So, um, so the future of supply chain, the landscape has really changed. It's going to be really different than it is today. Um, I'm going to throw this to both of you. So, so how can organizations embrace this idea of the uh, transformation cycle, the, this constant change? First, Debbie, then, then Rob, if you have any additional comments. The other thing that I want to mention, I think covers this question, Kevinner introduces, and then the last question is, we're also pushing for more business technologists hmm. than just people who do operations, because we want to take we want to take advantage of our emerging technology. So we see a change in our our workers as well, and sure. becoming more and more in tune with with emerging technology and what we want to do there and with data. So between intelligent workflow and that, that's what we see in the future as far as how to help with these um, disruptions. I think we'll always, we've always had disruptions. Now, not as big as the pandemic, but there's always <laughs> been disruptions. And now we get the information fast, whether it's weather, war, pandemic, and we need to stay in front of it and on top of it. And I think to add, you know, from where I sit, Kevin, I think some really exciting things are happening in the world of supply. We now know, right, that supply chain's a board level topic and investment priority. I think we're we're seeing a, a change in in mindset, right? Like supply chain 
quite frankly, has always been like a cost-focused profession, right? Like, right. how do you continue to squeeze, you know, more and more quarter to quarter, year over year, right? And what we learned was we basically built these supply chains, right, that were so cost-optimized, right, that they were brittle and inflexible. And if demand wasn't within sort of a fairly predictable upper and lower control limit, we got into a lot of trouble, right? So, so you know, I think now what we see is this migration away from you know, the cost-optimized supply chain to one where it really is focused on how does supply chain deliver that customer experience, right? Um, both, both for the external customer and also, as Debbie was describing, right, there's this generational change in supply chain talent that's happening, and that talent wants to work with data, right, and, and analytical tools and predictive algorithms and and so, you know, we're, we're seeing that pivot, right? And then, and then I think when you, when you look at, like, where are the technology investments going to go, there will be, I think, continue to be this kind of drumbeat of, you know, ERP, right, mm-hmm. kind of move to the cloud, right, SAP, Oracle, right, whatever, whatever right. your preference is, right? But I, I think more and more we're going to see the, the true differentiation and innovation happen in the cloud, right, with these intelligent solutions, right? And and Debbie used this word that we use here at IBM, right? This concept of intelligent workflows, right? And taking the the kind of business as it stands today, starting to rethink that with design thinking, but then, you know, kind of natively embed kind of how are we using data and automation mm-hmm. and, and ultimately AI or, or augmented intelligence, right, to deliver better outcomes. So I think there's a there's a, I think there's a really exciting, right? I mean, I, I won't pretend to have a crystal ball, but I think if you look at the groundswell, right, like supply chain, super important investment area, right? But, but we're going to need to show up, right, with a different mindset than, than the last kind of 30, 40, 50 years, right, that, that supply chain has been grounded in, mostly going back to the Toyota production system, right, if, we, mm-hmm. if we're really honest. So, and, and I think that's, that's where right, uh, we're going to have a lot of fun as a profession. Wow, you uh, describe a, a supply chain industry that's really cool. <laughs> it's not boring anymore. <laughs> well, I think it can. No, just that yeah. everybody didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> it's always been exciting. Nobody knew it. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been super gratified that my family actually has some inkling of what I actually do for a living now, right? That we've been through the, <laughs> yeah. the yeah. pandemic. But, you know, it is it is exciting to see, you know, how many young people, right, are electing mm-hmm. supply chain majors. And I think, I, I, you know, I, I feel a responsibility, right, to engage them, right, kind of at IBM or, you know, wherever they want to work in our profession right, in right. ways where they're, you know, they're not keystroking things into, right, kind of legacy applications or putting stuff in Excel, right? Um, and, <laughs> and they're really, you know, they're really, I think, having a, a much more exciting career. Great, great. So thank you both. But uh, how can the audience reach out to you to learn more about uh, supply chain, this uh, cool supply chain and and digital transformation. Uh, first, Rob, then Debbie. Yeah, well, I think a couple things. One, in as much as you know, we are in the consulting business, right? Our our intent is to be of service to our to to the broader community of supply chain practitioners. Right. So, so I would just uh, you know, I think 
you know, this is a super exciting time. This is frankly a super, you know, unclear time, right. For a lot of people. Right. So, you know, delighted to just, you know, kind of have conversations and, and share the things that we're learning in a very kind of open source sort of mentality. Right. And, and, you know, uh, always delighted to connect with people on LinkedIn. I think there's a couple things that we will share that that will, can be in the show notes, right? A, mm-hmm. a case study that we did publicly about the work that that Debbie and I have been describing about transforming our own supply chain. Uh, uh, a new point of view that we published around like ooh, this kind of trifecta and how does that kind of shape. Uh, a different kind of thinking in supply chain transformation, and then and then that chief supply chain officer of the study that we mentioned. Great, thanks. And and Debbie, same with me. You can find me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Okay, awesome. So uh, thanks again for spending your your time with us. Uh, so in closing, I would like to invite everyone to check out a wide variety of industry thought leadership at Supply Chain Now. Uh, And you can find Digital Transformers and Supply Chain Now wherever you get your podcast. So be sure to press that button and subscribe. So on behalf of the entire team here at Supply Chain Now, this is Kevin L. Jackson wishing all of our listeners a bright and transformational future. We'll see you next time on Digital Transformers. Thank you for supporting Digital Transformers and for being a part of our global Supply Chain Now community. Please check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com. Make sure you subscribe to Digital Transformers anywhere you listen to or view the show and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Digital Transformers.